I want nothing to do with it. You know, I just want to see those checks coming in. So I have to have team members that will do that for me because that's not my specialty. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Alfonso, how are you doing? I'm super excited to be back for another week of our podcast. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing great, Sarah. Great to see you as well, too. And uh, I always love when we uh, when we get together and chat uh, these podcasts and even around it before we start recording and afterwards, you know, we get to catch up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, we've been rocking and rolling. The, the JAG team has been growing. We've uh, we brought on a salesperson now at JAG as well too. So he uh, he's definitely helping me out with the sales and finding more clients and tenant buyers. So things are rocking and rolling and, and really formalizing what I never thought was you know owning a business with uh, you know now four employees, which is uh, which is beyond my wildest dreams. I've always thought okay, you know, investing could could lead to some financial security but now having a business and operating it as a business with 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 staff has been really cool and a growing experience for myself so and uh, yeah how about you Sarah what have you been up to I know you're always you're always on the go working on different things and, and building different projects so what are you up to yeah absolutely by the way awesome job and congratulations I would say yeah I like a ton you know what actually it's really cool with the Hamilton triplex that we bought and it's been a, a nightmare honestly going back and forth with the city of Hamilton but we got it reappraised just to get an idea. And so we bought this place in May for 557 and it got reappraised for about 735 and we haven't really started construction wow. yet. So wow. we got rid of the cat pee smell that definitely smelled really bad and just a couple little things, but that is pretty cool in like seven, eight months. That's amazing. And you know what? I bet you, okay, well, you're experienced. You've bought a whole bunch of properties. You've looked at a whole bunch of properties, different types of properties, but just look, if you would have waited, right, that was in May. And now it's, you know, like you said, seven, eight months later, and you haven't really done too much. And you've already made some money on the property that you're able to refinance and pull out. Yeah. That's, and, it, and it was mostly though because of the fact that we went to the city to legalize it. There you so go. So like, okay. it was actually an illegal single family that had three units. And so we went and we went through the process, which is, that's what took a lot of time. However, just the fact that now it's going to be a legal triplex is like, that's how you get some equity pretty quick without having to do many renos, right? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And you know, we, I'm going to use this term and people use it for the lottery, right? You know, you got to be in it to win it. And well, guys, real estate isn't a lottery that you're just going to, you know, numbers are going to come up and you're just going to hit. You got to have strategy. You got to have, you know, a good team around you and, and all the things that we always talk about, but you still got to be in it. You got to make the offer. You got to own the property. You got to go through the processes, talk to the people to get that. You can't just be sitting on the sidelines going, Oh, if I would have bought that property in May, and if I would have done that, well, you could have be ifing all over the place and if, and should, and if, and should get in there, do it and, and find a way. And, and you know that you have the right people and uh, around you that to, to give you the confidence. So good on you, Sarah. I know, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle and a battle and things that we can't control. And we want to just sometimes just, you know, find those people at the city and just be like, listen, just listen to me for 10 minutes. It's going to make sense. And, but, uh, but good on you for doing that. And uh, yeah, in, in that light, um, our guest today, Edna, you know, she is just a powerhouse, like so lucky that we get to interview these amazing people that, you know, uh, I guess it was, she said, uh, you know, 13, 14 years ago when she started taking her classes in education, relatively guys, that's not a long time. 13, 14 years goes by like that really quick, but she started 
you know, just because she wanted to learn more. And now how much she's advanced in actually putting together real estate trusts, where that's something that's in the back of my mind that we've worked with so many joint venture partners and people have said that to me, oh, are you guys like a trust? Or I know we get asked that question all the time at the right club. Are you guys a REIT and you guys are a club? And we're not, but look at that, that there's somebody, just an individual from Saskatchewan that is now partnered with amazing people. And she gets into it into this podcast a little bit. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Yeah, let's do it. What do you say? I think it's just awesome. Like she's built 500 plus units, still going strong now, investing in the US. Let's just have our Right Club Nation listen to Edna. And guys, feel free to rate and review our podcast and let us know what you think. Edna, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you, Sarah? Very good. Very good. I'm super excited to have you on. Now, tell the audience where you are currently residing and investing. Uh, well, we reside in White City, Saskatchewan, which is just outside of Regina, the capital city. And we've got a lot of our properties in Western Canada, Alberta, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan right now. But we're currently moving into uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Ah, very cool. So how did you get started in real estate? Let's just back up a little bit. Tell us about your journey and how this all came about from the start. Sure. So I used to be a financial advisor. Uh, I did that for about 15 years. And I actually had some clients uh, kept talking to me about their real estate and why they liked real estate and stuff like this. And I, I didn't understand real estate at all. I'd only ever owned my own house, didn't have a clue about mortgage pay down, tenants paying off your property, any of that just didn't know. So uh, we, we actually took a weekend course of uh, Robert Kiyosaki's. Actually, it was an evening first, then it was a weekend. And when we were at the weekend, we signed up because three days of intensive gave us a really good understanding, wholesaling, long-term buy and hold, lease options, all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the weekend, we signed up and spent 27,000 US uh, to study with these guys for a year. And you know, it was the best money we ever spent. We owned 50 doors within 18 months. We were inducted into the, their Hall of Fame on stage in front of 3,000 people uh, just for utilizing all the strategies that they taught us because we kind of did everything. And then the fact that we owned 50 doors in 18 months, I think, was the, was the kicker. And at that point, we were making 5,000 a month in um, uh, cash flow. So that, that was what got us started. Within two years of us starting, so we were introduced to real estate in June of 07. September of 09, I sold my financial planning practice and went into real estate full-time. That's incredible, Edna. And uh, as you mentioned that, you're a little bit ahead of me back in June in 07 when you started, but I did those exact uh, same classes with, uh, I guess it was called Rich Dad Education at the time, or you know they've gone through a couple evolutions since then. But, uh, but yeah, exactly that progression that you mentioned from the evening to the weekend and to like Oh my God, almost $30,000 in real estate education, right? So going through that, like there's a lot of people that take those classes. Like there's, there's so many people. What was the, like, again, there's a lot of people that don't do anything with the education as well too. So what was it for you? What was, I know my motivation, but what was your motivation to, to accomplish all that in a short period of time? Because that's, that's fairly impressive in a very short period of time of what you're able to accomplish. Well, you know, when I get excited about something, it's easy for me to share. And I love sharing. That's kind of my mantra, learn, grow, share. I just love sharing with other people. And so then we ended up with this investment capital. We ended up with a, uh, one, a couple of things that we were a little scared about at the beginning was property management because we both worked 
uh, full time. We had good incomes, good jobs, had no intention of leaving. Like I was making 250,000 as a financial advisor every year. I had no intention of giving that up. I was just going to dabble in real estate on the side. Right. Um, but once I really understood it, I, I could see, I could see the writing on the wall and, you know, I couldn't even sell mutual funds after. So the, the biggest catalyst is we took the education we learned and then we put it into practice and we hung out with other people who were doing it, which made a big difference. And, and the comment about, we were scared of tenants and toilets. We actually, the first a few properties we bought, not the first few, but, uh, the first three we bought on our own. Then we moved in, uh, partnered up with a couple who were property managers. So that took the fear off our table about what do you do with the tenants? You know, they were going to look after all that. They've been doing it for two years, took the same classes we did two years prior. And I think at that time they owned 20 doors when they met us. So we thought, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, do, do some stuff with you. So we partnered with them uh, and that took a lot of fear away, you know, partnering with somebody who was two years in, even though we lived in the city, we didn't understand the areas, like what's a good rental area? What's the rental areas to stay away from that sort of thing? Uh, didn't understand the values of houses and all, all how that worked because we did, did start with houses. Um, so th those are probably some of the biggest things that really catapulted, uh, catapulted us forward. Very awesome. So you've mentioned fundamentals and knowing what areas to invest in. I mean, that, that I think that is key to any investor starting out is look at the fundamentals before you just pick a city because there is going to be some great opportunities and not so good opportunities. So I just want to go back and ask you when you started partnering with them and we're going to get into JVs and, and what you're doing now, but how did you split what the tasks were going to be and who was the money partner? Were you both kind of putting in 50-50? How did that all work out with your first JV? Well, you know, at the beginning, because I was still licensed as a financial advisor, I couldn't raise money for other things. So we had to do all that part through the partner. I referred a few people to them, mostly just family and friends. And then when I seen what, what was happening with that, that's when I gave up my license and went, okay, I'm going to go full time into this. But um, we, we decided early on, like I said, the beginning, we had no intention of leaving our work. So the fact that they were property management managers and had a renovation team and all that kind of stuff was really uh, important for us. But then as time went on, the roles changed, you know, like once we went full time, the roles changed. I, and I found that my best role was finding the deals uh, and also finding the investors uh, when, once I gave up my license. Awesome. So talk to us about what you have going on today. Now you're into multifamily, you're doing a lot of JVs. Like what does your portfolio and your strategy consist of today? Well, right now we're up over, over 500 doors and working on another uh, 22 plus 14 in Memphis and 44 in uh, the next province over. So we're always working on stuff, always got stuff going on. Primarily, we've switched into multifamily because, as you guys know, you hit that ceiling. You can't even buy houses anymore. Uh, we we started doing joint ventures on houses for a little while. And after doing, I think, 12 in one year, we thought, you know what, we may as well just stick with multifamily. We can get multifamily mortgages very easy. Most of our buildings qualify for CMHC financing, which is like the, the sweet spot to be in as far as we're concerned. Long amortizations, low interest rates, that sort of thing. Um, so, so that's that's what we have been doing mainly and just recently we set up our own real estate investment trust 
So that's brand new, like just January. We just launched it in January. So we haven't even bought a property yet. We've just raised some money uh, and we're hoping to buy our first purchase in Memphis. Workforce housing there. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. And you know, you came right out of the gate in 2007 like a rocket. You got the education under your belt. You started applying the things that you learned, partnering with the right people. And, and that's so critical um, in terms of when you're starting because you can go and do this on your own. It's going to take you longer. It's going to be harder. But you want to surround yourself with people that understand and have done have been there before. Like you said, that alleviated your fear of property management when you partnered with somebody that knew about property management. And, uh, and now as you kind of go into this next frontier of a real estate trust. So and a lot of people talk about that. And even within our own club, people think that it's the REIT club, like a real estate investment trust club, but it's really the right club. And, and a lot of people confuse us with that. And come out to the right club. They're like, no, no, I don't want to give you any money. I can invest on my own. We're like, no, no, it's just an education club. We have to explain that. Um, so we explain that it's not a REIT. So maybe explain what you guys do and how that actually works. That is right. Well, first of all, I want to say that clubs like yours are absolutely uh, mandatory for anybody's success. Because if you're around like-minded people, you're going to do stuff more than if you're sitting off in the corner by yourself. You got to get around people like you guys. So there's a plug for you guys. But the 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 real estate investment trust is like is almost like a mutual fund of real estate. There's some different rules that apply. It's not as liquid as mutual funds, that sort of thing. But there's a lot of safety factors in there too. We've syndicated a lot of mortgages and each building was one entity, one, one corporation, one set of investors. This way, as we add properties into the REIT, they get a piece of everything. There's some safety factors. They don't have to be on title. They don't have to be on mortgage any money that's rolled over in into like we own some buildings now we're considering putting into the REIT any investors roll over with no tax implications stuff like that we are targeting just accredited investors right now it's very expensive to set up a real estate investment trust we lucked out a bit because one of our partners has set up similar stuff not a REIT but similar securities type stuff in the realm that he works in so he was able to get us a really good deal because he knows all the people and everything else plus has done it himself so probably a fifth of the cost of what it would cost the average Joe but that that's the benefit of the REITs. It's preferred return to the investors. It's a profit split after that, but we're, we're expecting 12 to 15% annual returns. So, and, and when people, when it's, when, and it's going to be paid after the first six months can be paid quarterly. So it's really good for people who want great passive income ongoingly. That's awesome. So, you know, it's funny because I, I recently had a conversation with our accountants because four of my friends, me and one of the four, we're looking at land and we're going to be building. And so we're looking at like, do we do LP? Do we look at syndication? And then like, there is some crazy costs associated with all of these. And then there's also a lot of legalities and different things to keep uh, keep in mind. So, you know, there is a lot of investors listening to this that are new, but there's also a lot of investors listening to this that are at this stage of, you know, they've had some experience, like they're looking for that next step. So when you set up a syndication or a read or something where you're raising the funds, like what are some of the things to consider, like what the best option is? And I'm not exactly sure what you mean by your best option. Yeah. So like, so you picked a REIT, 
versus a you know, limited partnership. You know, one of the things that I, I think my lawyer was saying, I mean, obviously there's a cost difference, but one of the things that the, um, the accountant and the lawyer were, were mentioning on top of the, the price is that there are certain things to, to look out for, right? So, and maybe I'm just looking for clarification from you since you've done it. Is there something where you have to have a certain number of investors within a certain number of time in order for it to work? Yes, there is. There okay, is. let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. A certain amount of money raised by a certain time. Uh, there's there's deadlines. There's yeah. There's a lot of rules and regulations. For example, the one partner that is is our uh, main guy for finding properties. He's actually worked for other REITs and as their acquisition manager. And that was actually how we got approached on this because he was finding deals that the other REIT could not purchase because they had already too many in that area. And so he said to him, well, would, would you care if I set up my own REIT and started buying some of this stuff? And they said, absolutely not. We can't even buy there anymore. You know, just, just look after us first. And and so then that's that's kind of how we started finding all these all these deals. So yeah, and it and it is still considered a limited partnership. Like ours is called distinct realty LP. So yeah, they don't have the obligations that you would in a straight syndication. Got it, got it. And I guess it doesn't, you know, this is just something I want to reinforce to all the listeners out there. It doesn't matter at what level you're at. If you're looking to buy your first property or now setting up REITs with you know dozens of investors. Like, look, listen to what Edna is saying is she's working with people that have been there, done that and gone through before and, and leveraging their experience so that you don't get slaughtered out there and you know what's going to happen. You know what the next step is. And it's so important. You don't need to know all steps, like 10 steps ahead, but maybe work with somebody that can bring you to the, to the next step and the next step after that. So yeah. that's so key, Alfonso, because you know what? We talked about setting up a REIT for two years before we ended up partnering with the two people we're partnering with now and the and there were just so many roadblocks because we didn't know enough we didn't know how to start people were people had actually approached us we should do set up a read just with your own portfolio yeah. and it was like well, we're, and they couldn't even make it so that we could understand and i won't get into something if i can't understand it and the 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 way they had the return the way they had you know, what we were going to get out of it, what they, you know, it was just all so vague. And, and yeah, so you really, really got to partner with the right, the people who know, you know, like Absolutely. the two partners we have acquisitions already done, already has teams in those areas. And then the fellow in the securities area that just understands and has done several of these knows it inside and out. Like some of those questions that you guys might ask me, I might not even know because he's looked after all of that, all of that part. And, you know, I, that's not my specialty, which is another thing I think is really important to point out to people. You know, when you first start your jack of all trades, you have to do everything. You have to do property management and you have to fix those toilets and everything else. But to scale this business, which is what most people want to do at some point, you have to have team, your power team. And, you know, even having connections like, like you guys and us, it's so important. I have students across Canada and I love the fact that you guys are running a REIT in Burlington because I have students right in Burlington. So, you know, it, it, if, if they're not already going, I definitely tell them, like, get your butt out to those meetings because that's where you're going to get more education and be around like-minded people consistently. Absolutely. That's really cool. So I have a question and it's going to go in a different direction, but why Memphis? Like why all of a sudden you're saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to go and start investing in the U.S. What was the, the reasoning behind that? 
You know what? 100% based on the partner. I actually got stranded in Calgary in April. I was down there for a speaking engagement and I was supposed to fly back the same night and it snowed and I couldn't get out for three days. And my other partner, he said, you should meet with Phil. He, he's a good guy. And that's kind of how it got going. And because he'd done lots of multifamily and he was telling me what he was doing. He, with this REIT he was already working for, uh, they were buying properties across Canada and US, but he really liked the area for the whole workforce housing, the rents that they were getting as opposed to the purchase price, like that way above the 1% rule. And that's when we really started pulling it together. You know, you meet and you just, and we started out just brainstorming and he was telling me about some of these deals and, and I said, well, can we buy them? And he says, well, I'm buying them for other people, but you know, let me see. And then the conversation just kind of grows from there. And, and that was April and we had the, the relaunch by January. That's fantastic. And you know, even just in this conversation, I can, I can feel that energy from you, Edna, that there's nothing that's going to, that's going to stop you. That if there's something that you want to learn, or there's something that you want to, you know, acquire knowledge about something that you're going to go out there and get it and find the best people and surround yourself around the best people. So now that you're in a whole new country and obviously in the new, in the U S and doing that, I'm sure there's some growing pains and it's almost like back in 2007 learning all over again. So what, what do you, what's some advice that now that you have seasoned, obviously 14 years of experience or, or a little bit more than that, and now going into another new market and now into, into the REITs, into the, into the U S what are some things that you're doing that are, you know, sharpening your skills, improving your skills, learning more about the market that you're going to be working in and all the other things that you're doing now? Well, our partner's sending us articles just about every day. Read this, read that, look what sold, look what people are buying, you know, so we're, we're getting a really good feel there. We're actually taking a group of investors and some of my students to Memphis in May on a road trip. So we're going to see what's available there and meet the power team members that are on the ground because that's so important as well. And, you know, you know, the excitement is there. Every deal we do is different. One of the biggest things that I think that holds people back, and, and I train on this a lot too, is mindset. So many people have limiting beliefs. You know, we've, we've all heard, you know, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, all this different stuff. And, and these paradigms that we hold in our mind hold us back on so many things. So I study mainly mindset. I study mindset and I let my other partners uh, do all the nitty gritty details. Cause you know, one of the things I've learned about myself over the uh, 14 years that we've been doing this is I love buying. I love selling. I love bringing investors on, but once we own that property off my plate, I want nothing to do with it. You know, I just want to see those checks coming in. So I have to have team members that will do that for me. Because that's not my specialty, looking after managing the bottom line, looking after tenants and toilets. And, you know, I'll meet with the accountants and do all the high end stuff, but day to day stuff, do not like it at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned it mindset, right? It's 95% in my opinion, mindset is, is what's going to make your make or break your, your success. And you've got the right mindset and you can deal with the punches over time. You will do great. So one of the questions I do have though, because obviously the U S and Canada are completely different markets. And I know you're not an accountant, you're not a you know broker, you're not a lawyer, but what are just as an overview, some of the things that, that differ between the different markets, right? So like, for example, I'm a Canadian investor. What should I 
consider before going into Memphis and investing as a Canadian in a U.S. Uh, market? You'll want to talk to your tax accountant here and, and, and have them liaison with the tax accountant there because a lot of that legal stuff is just like foot foot there's just yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh that that's how we set it up and and we do have a fellow right on our advisory board for our REIT that has been a CMA and done several of these over the years so he's uh giving us advice all the time so um th that that's big again power team right uh, and then the, the other is uh, no one trusts your partners enough to look after some of the stuff that you don't even know yet. Like we're, we're, we, we were in Memphis or actually in Nashville a couple of years ago. First time we ever went there, did not look at properties while we were there, were, was not even on the radar. So uh, just education, getting to understand what you're trying to do. Uh, the, the more clear you can be on what you want your end result to be, the better off you can, you can be in the long run. Does, does that kind of answer or did I go off track? Yeah, no, I mean, it's good. So just curious, cause you mentioned power team as well. Like I don't need names obviously, but like who, what type of roles do people have that are on that power team? Well, the accountant is there, the CMA, then the uh, advisory partner who, who looks after the securities part of stuff, the acquisitions manager, but then on the ground teams are realtors bringing us the deals. Uh, inspection teams, renovation teams, because a lot of these properties need renovations. When we buy, you mentioned the Burr method earlier, we're very much going to be looking at doing that, buying them at a certain price, fixing them up to the level they should be at, and then refinancing or possibly even selling some. So all those people on the ground, including property managers and caretakers, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you want people who are already trustworthy, knowledgeable, and, and know the area, and a lot of times the tenants as well, or tenant profile at least. Yeah, and, and that's so key. Whether your property is an hour away or five hour flight away, I'm not sure exactly how it would work out from where you are to Memphis, but it's crucial to give them that trust, that, that to give them enough info to this is what you need to get done and give them the responsibility to take care of it. And it's trust, but verify. I've heard that so many times. And it makes so much sense to trust, but verify. And, you know, as you're entering different markets, different strategies, again, working with those people. So that, that's so exciting that you're going into the U.S. and, you know, you're building your portfolio there. Um, how did you, like, again, it was through a conversation, but why not another, what are the, some of the fundamentals that you like about Memphis specifically now that you're you're going to be there and you're going to be starting to look? You know, uh, it, it's a central hub for a lot of big companies like FedEx and Amazon and stuff like that. Because the, the first of all, the temperature is very uh, moderate. Like there's no extremes like we get in Canada sometimes. So planes in and out very easy. So that's one of them. So the work workforce there is huge. Uh, and and the, the wages are not. So a lot of these people will never be able to afford houses. You know, never, ever. So we've got a really, our target is workforce housing. It's not elite. It's not high-end. It's not um, um, social services people. I'm not sure the terminology in the U.S. It's not that. It's workforce housing. And th those are the people, I think, that you can really give good, clean, safe, affordable housing. And that's our other mandate. And that that's why we really like that area. And the prices, the prices haven't got to where they are in other places. Like they just, they just aren't there yet. So we think there's a lot of upside to bring it up. And you know, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys follow the Saskatchewan market at all, but we were in the exact same position when we started buying here in 2007. 
the market was just crazy. There was like a 10% growth in one year. Our very first two purchases were condos, again, because we were scared of everything, toilets and toilets and roofs and furnaces. But those two properties within a year, we refinanced them and pulled all the cash out of them. So that was just that what was happening in our market at the time. Now it's more of a mature, stable market. It's even dropped a bit in the last little while. And it's you know great for long-term buy and hold, but it's a different strategy going in here. There's going to be some buy and holds, but there's definitely going to be some uh, burr. You know, like we're going to fix them up and uh, and sell some out. And some of them might even get sold to my students because they want to buy. But again, they don't know where to buy. They And if this way, if they have a team, they have people on the ground that are that are doing the same thing they want to do, maybe on a smaller scale, it, it can all be uh, done at the same time and together. Yeah, th that's amazing. And you know what, in a short period of time, relatively, you know, in 13, 14 years, what you're able to do and now scale it and pick up and the way you're talking about it, it's just amazing. Just, oh yeah, we're going to go to Memphis. We're going to do that there. We're going to try this and getting everything in place. I want the listeners to know that that comes in time. That comes with experience. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to go through that and build up the calluses and build, build up those experiences that basically allow you to feel more confident. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, 13 years ago, we bought the condo because we were scared of everything. <laughs> and now you're like, yeah, we're going to buy in another city in the U.S. And, and take care of that. And, and that's amazing that you're able to do that with, you know, even with students now and show them the path and be an example to so many people that, uh, that, are, that are wanting to do this. So, yeah, I think, I think it's really great what you're doing. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, students as well, too. So, a lot of people that are new to to real estate or you know no hey i should be investing in real estate or even now we're coming up on 3 years of our uh, of our anniversary of our club and we've had people that have been coming out from day 1 or, or very often and you know they're always just always looking for info and looking for that home run of the deal every single time and it's like getting information like drinking from a fire hose sometimes yeah. so you know maybe let's get back to those people that are you know just starting out what are the first what are the first things that they should do to educate themselves on whatever market that is, whether it's Memphis, their own home market, or where they want to buy, that are some things that are go across the board. It doesn't matter where they are in their, um, you know, in their Google is your friend. Google is your friend. We Google everything. And you know, I'm older, so I don't always think of that. But my young team members, even my own kids, you know, they're on Google in a minute. The um, and and this is just to give you an example. Recently, we got approached in in Canada with a 44 unit package. And I sent it out to my students. I go, hey, any of you guys interested in this? Uh, you know, do some research on it and, and sell it to me. That's that's one of the things. Don't sell it to me. And I only had like three students reach back to me, but one of them found out everything. He said, this is the population. This is the mines closing there. The one mines closing there. These are some of the things we have to think about and on and on and on. Then I go back and have a conversation with the seller. And then, you know, then I send them back on another, you know, find out this and that. And then we took a trip up there this week. But, you know, he, he Googled everything, even on the way up when we were having conversations. He's on his phone and he's looking up this and he's looking up that and he's looking up this. And it's just such a natural extension of your hand to find out that stuff. So you can, you can Google a lot. But what is going to help you pull the trigger is to have a coach in your corner. I, I see that all the time. I've seen you guys have to. So many people, they educate themselves till they know probably 10 times as much as I do, but they've never pulled a trigger. And like I tell my students, you won't really know till you've done it. So just let me hold your hand and let's do it. 
you know, uh, when they find a deal, which quite often happens early on in, in the, in the course and part of their deal is they got to sell it to me. So when they sell it to me, I say, okay, are you ready to make an offer? <gasps> then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, what if, what if, well, no, no. What price should I offer? You know what? It doesn't matter what price you offer in multifamily. You negotiate that price right up to the day you remove conditions. I don't care. Just get it under contract. Really? Well, what if, what if, what if? Doesn't matter. What will I lose my deposit? No, you won't lose your deposit. You've got till you remove conditions, you're going to get your deposit back. So all those things, and it doesn't matter what student I've had, how many times they bought single family houses. When it comes to multifamily, those are the same questions I get and again and again. Let's hold your hand. Let, I'll, let me look at the offer. Let me help you uh, introduce you to the people who are going to finance. Let's find you some property managers. These are the questions you ask. So it's all a process. And until you've been through the process, you won't know. Even you can book knowledge as much as you want. You won't really know until you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great advice. And I do agree. And when you get something under contract, I mean, as long as you've got conditions in there, then you've got a little bit more time to do your due diligence. But the other thing to keep in mind is you're getting it under contract and you've got it on inspection. It's probably going to cost you a little bit of money if you're actually getting an inspector there, right? Or if you're getting appraiser to go in, it might cost you 450 bucks. So there are still some costs depending on what you have it conditional under that you might have to go in and complete, but it's very minimal in comparison to spending thousands of dollars of, of making a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with multifamily, you know, it's, it's higher. So we, yeah. we, we do as much upfront as we can. And this is something I always teach the students too. Don't start spending money yet. Let's get this in order and this in order. Let's get your financing in order. Let's get your investors lined up. Because if you don't get those two, there's no point you spending any money on environmental or building condition report or appraisal. No point. But you get those things in place. Once you know that the lender's good to go, then you start, you know, spending the money on it. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Awesome. So now the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series, Alfonso and I are going to ask you a series of four questions. You're going to answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here. It is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now, and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local, for you because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly and as we start you'll see more and more stuff come along and we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely this is the first and in my opinion it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us, join our online community, register and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. 
Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register. It's free and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now back to the show. All right, so question number one, Edna, what is the best advice that you've ever received from either another investor or at a networking event? This is the best advice I ever got. So do you guys know Don Campbell from uh, Rain? Yes. He's very well known across Canada, right? And he said, most of our deals are average deals. They're not home runs. I've made my biggest fortune on average deals. We've had a couple home runs, but most of our stuff are average deals. I that love is it. great advice. I love that because you know what? You know, and some people they get bored and they're like, oh, that's just an average deal. But it's like getting used to that board and just awesome deals that are coming through. Yep, that's average. And then little by little, that average gets up and up, right? So those are your potatoes. The, <laughs> you know, you, it's lo- lovely to have the gravy and the dessert, but you're not going to get it every, you know, you don't even want it every day. It's, it just doesn't happen every day. It's impossible. Yeah. And, and for those listeners out there that are always looking for that home run and won't pull the trigger till a home run, you're going to be waiting and waiting. And then when it is in front of you, you're going to be saying, well, it's not a far enough home run. It's not a big enough home run, right? So yeah. And everybody will be after that same home run. So these are the deals that every investor that's got tons of experience is going to take very quickly yes, as well. Yes, that's true. And, and I don't, I'm going to wait till you ask the questions because you probably are going to ask me this. And if not, just remind me to tell you about one of our home runs. Okay. Perfect. Well, we're not going to ask you about the home run. So go ahead. Yes, please. Okay. So in 2012, and this was a home run and it was a home run nobody wanted. We got approached with 144 unit in LaRange, Saskatchewan, Northern Saskatchewan, population 3000. How many people would want to buy there? I actually approached some of, because I knew some people who ran REITs at the time or or larger dealers because we needed $1.2 million to close this deal. So I went to my big people first and they went, oh gosh, no, I wouldn't buy in a small town like that. I stick with the cities, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, Saskatoon, there's no way. So we, we did our due diligence. I'm from Northern Saskatchewan, but not that far North. And I knew it was like the gateway to the North. So I started approaching Saskatchewan people. We raised the $1.2 million. We bought that property for around 40,000 a door. And the rents were around 700 a month on average in that. And we, we, within the next 36 months, we renovated almost the whole place. We uh, increased the rents. And we were able to, in 36 months, pay, or was it 30? 30 months, two and a half years, pay all our investors out and got a $400,000 payday each. So I had a managing partner and us, so I brought the money. They managed the deal. We each got a $400,000 tax-free because it was in the form of a loan. All our investors paid out 30 months. And most people won't even look at a small town like that. And right now we're working on the same deal. And I'm not going to give you the idea because I haven't even actually got the final offer back from the lawyer. Same deal, same similar areas. Most people wouldn't touch it. It's still one of our best performers this many years later, eight years later. That's amazing. That's amazing. Good deals are found. Great deals are made. So you putting that together, that's incredible. Awesome. All right, next question. Edna, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I'm not scared to take chances. That's awesome. That's awesome. A nice Sasky girl, cowgirl, really to take chances and uh, 
and uh, and, and just you know you having the uh, having the fortitude to go through that. I'll use that word. So, all right, the last question of the lightning round. It's a Sunday morning, and it's a little bit earlier, I think, where you are than where we are. But it's a Sunday morning, a typical Sunday morning. What are you up to, Edna? What are you doing? Well, you know, uh, I have a reading group that I meet with every morning. Uh, during the week, it's at 6.45, but on the weekends, it's at 8 o'clock. So I've already spent my 30 minutes on the phone with my group reading Think and Grow Rich, because I am such a big believer that you've got to put that stuff in your mind every single day. One of my coaches said to me, or one of her mandates is she says, new level, new devil. So every time you're wanting to move up and grow, you, you have to go back to the basics. I've read Think and Grow Rich many times, and now I'm studying it, sometimes page by page. And it, it's so much up here, so much between your ears that you have to, you, that, that is number one. So I do that every single day for 30 minutes. Uh, and then we just, we discuss it, um, and stuff like that. And then, uh, I'm actually alone today because my husband's off skidooing and my girls are both teenagers. So they were out with friends and stayed overnight at friends last night. This afternoon, I have, uh, one of our Airbnbs just got, uh, totally set up. So this afternoon, I'm actually heading over there to meet the stager and the, uh, and the investor partner to just show off our, our property. That's a great book. And for those listeners that didn't catch it, Think and Grow Rich, it's Napoleon Hill, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, if you guys have not read that book, I've listened to it on audio. I have a copy of the book. It's, it's a, I think a must read, whether real estate or otherwise, it's a must read. Yes, absolutely. And there's a big version, a very, very big version and a thinner version as well. Because <laughs> that book is like, I don't know how many hundreds of pages, but it's a great book. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just recently attended a live stream with Bob Proctor. And, you know, he reads that book every single day, every single day, even now. Wow. Very cool. And uh, if our listeners, if the Right Club Nation wanted to reach out and know more about you and what you do, where can they go? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook a lot. So they can find me at Coach Edna Keep. And my website is ednakeep.com. And my email address is edna at ednakeep.com. So all very easy. And I, you know, if they're interested in getting into multifamily, most people come to me once they've hit the ceiling on how many houses they can get, three, four, and they want to get into multifamily. That's, that's my specialty is helping people get into multifamily and really mastering their mindset to be able to uh, work with other people's money. Because some people just never will because they, they, they think for some reason that, you know, yeah, they got all the money. I'm the peon. When in reality, you're the one. You're the one that has has all the gold. So once you can wrap your head around the fact that you've got all the gold, you, you'll attract investors. Uh, no, what an amazing interview that we've had today, and and you're such an an inspiration. So amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Right Club Nation, or any last words of advice? Stay involved with your local club because you are going to get your best support at those places and talk to people and don't be scared to pull a trigger. That's it. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you, Edna, for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you and uh, thanks for sharing all the wonderful knowledge and insights. You're most welcome. It's my pleasure. I love doing these things. It's <laughs> fun for me. <laughs> thanks, Edna. Thank you.
Hey, Sarah, what a great, great interview with Edna. Like I just got, I felt like I can go run like 10K and I'm not a runner, but I just felt like the energy and the confidence that Edna exudes about what she's doing. And it's just, you know, it's like, no, we'll figure it out. And I know what I'm good at and I know what other people are good at. And now we're going to do a REIT and, you know, these people have done it before and we're going to talk to them. And, you know, it's taking those right steps. So uh, I really enjoyed the conversation with Edna. What did, uh, what did you pull away from that or what did you like? Yeah, no, me too. I mean, it, it just goes to show you that building your team around you, people that are able to help you and guide you with whatever complexity you want your pro next project to be, your legal team, your mortgage team, your accounting team. I mean, you know, if you surround yourself with these people and you know how to go and take action and you have them to guide you along the way, I mean, that is like, I love that. I love that she said that. Absolutely. And, you know, and I wrote it down in big, bold letters and underlined it. And, and, you know, I think for the, the listeners of this podcast, we can't thank you enough. Right Club Nation, we can't thank you enough for being part of, of the Right Club and, and, and listening and supporting us. And sometimes I think we take it for granted when we say the word mindset. Sometimes it's just, we've heard it so many times that it's been diluted and it's been, um, you know, devalued that word. But the majority of people don't get that. So you write Club Nation that understand mindset and, and thinking that and revert back to that and, and redefine that, what that means for you, your own mindset on what you're able to do, what you're not able to do, what you're nervous about, you know, and keep growing and keep getting better and keep strengthening that mindset. That's what we're here for. We want to help you guys grow. And yeah, the mindset is a huge, 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 huge part of that. And uh, yeah, Sarah, you, you keep my mindset sharp, even when I'm calling you about different problems, different things of whether it's the right club, Jack properties, and we're talking and, you know, you kind of reframe my mindset sometimes. So ditto, buddy, ditto. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's, uh, that, that's what we want to do for, for the right club nation, for all the people that are attending the events, listen to this podcast, keep fresh, keep your mind sharp, you know, keep growing and, uh, yeah, get at us. See what you guys want. What else What else can we provide for you on this podcast? Rate, review, let us know. We want to keep growing as well. That's it. Right Club Nation. Come grow with us. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.